0: One of the best ways to grow your business and become an authority in your field is indeed public speaking. However, how can we become comfortable speaking in public in front of a large audience and in particular if we are introverted? And this is what we are talking about today in this episode of Explode Your Expert Business Show. Welcome, welcome. I'm your host, Simone Vincenzi, and this is the podcast for experts who want to become the ultimate authority in their niche while making an impact in their world. Before I tell you a bit more about today's episode, I want to remind you that if you want to make six figure presentations and become awesome at selling from the stage, make money uh, with public speaking, but without compromising your integrity or your values, have created the ultimate selling from the stage checklist, which is the most comprehensive checklist to create a pitch that sells without using manipulative or sleazy techniques you can find the link here in the show notes just scroll down and you will have it It will be delivered in your inbox straight away with the bonus training on selling from the stage so don't miss this out and get it in the show notes the ultimate selling from the stage checklist now back to the show Uh, Today, as I said, we're talking about overcome the fear of public speaking and my guest is my good friend, Keith Blakemore-Noble. Now, Keith is uh, awesome and helping people getting rid of any fear. Now, in particular, we focus this episode on public speaking and, you know, fear can hold us back and can keep us playing small. They stop us from being who we really are and who we want to be. And uh, Keith, after experiencing fear for way too long, developed a technique to conquer his own fears and now devotes his life to helping others transform their deepest fears into their greatest strength. And in this episode, we talk about how to get rid of the fear of public speaking, what to do to become uncomfortable, uh, to become comfortable (laughs) in front of a large audience, uh, even if you are an introvert. Yeah, you don't want to become uncomfortable. (laughs) <laughs> and also how to prepare yourself before a speaking engagement. Uh, so what strategies, what techniques can you use before an important speaking gig? If you want to read the transcript of the interview and get all the bonus resources, visit www.gtex.org.uk forward slash 242 and also if you have not if you're not part yet of our facebook group and you want to connect with like-minded people uh, like minded entrepreneurs experts speakers trainers all there to help each other and also receive bonus training Like, for example, I do often bonus trainings on how to get speaking engagements, or how to speak on stage, how to sell from the stage. So, all how to create products and services. If you want to get this free bonus training, then join our Facebook group, Explode Your Expert Biz. You can find the link, again, in the show notes, or you can go on Facebook. Now, it's time to get started. Please, welcome... Keith Blakemore Noble, overcome your fear of public speaking. Enjoy. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Explode, your expert business show. I'm here with my good friend, uh, Keith Blakemore Noble. How are you doing, Keith?
1: I am fabulous as always, Simone. Lovely to catch you again.
0: Fantastic! You always look super smart and dapper uh, <laughs> everywhere you go. I love—I'll always love your style, man. So it has been a while. I mean, you've been a guest on the show um, uh, about a year ago, and also as well, uh, we've been knowing each other now for what was it five years, six years? I think. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so it's great. It's great to reconnect and uh, to talk about. Uh, Something that affects a lot of entrepreneurs, whether they like to admit it or not. (laughs) And we're talking about the topics of fears. So um, before we get into fears and in particular stage fright and how to overcome that, what got you to this point? Uh, What got you uh, so passionate about helping other entrepreneurs overcoming their fears? (sighs) Great question.
1: I think really it boils down to the fact that it's a journey that I've had to go through myself. I know what it's like to be terrified of these things, and I know the sheer relief you get in overcoming it, and the um, the huge opportunities that open up to do do the things you 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 want to love doing once, once you can conquer them. So uh, the fact that I I got myself through that, understand how this how we can we can do that, and from there. It was the the logical step was to use that to start helping other people to achieve the same. That's it in a nutshell.
0: <laughs> and so you were not super confident <clears throat> when uh, when you started your speaking career. Oh, oh no, no, quite the reverse. Uh, for the first
1: forty years or so of life, I was I was painfully shy. Um, I used to hate. I was terrified of the thought of even connecting with people or speaking with strangers let alone standing up on front of a stage standing up on a stage in front of an audience which was quite um quite a problem given that my when I was growing up one the biggest thing I wanted to be was a performer and entertainer mm-hmm. but <laughs> being terrified of the thought of being in front oh. of people completely rule that out so i took the logical step i went into a career in it instead where we <laughs> yeah,
0: don't have to talk to people <laughs> <laughs>
1: exactly <laughs> exactly so that that kind of put uh, put the kibosh on those things for, for far too long until eventually it kind of all came to a head um i went to a christmas party with a group of people who I thought I knew because I knew them from speaking online behind, from behind the keyboard. I thought, how hard can it be to meet them in real life? And I got there and found out exactly how hard it was. <laughs> uh, to, to, to cut a long story short, I had a full panic attack. I locked myself in the toilets for about half an hour while I was having this panic attack. This was within maybe 10 minutes of arriving there. Uh, once I'd calmed down enough, I fled. Didn't even stop to, to get my coat because that would have meant speaking to someone. I fled and didn't stop running until I was safely on the train. Uh, and this, it must be a couple of miles. And uh, you know me, somebody. I don't mm. run. I d- avoid physically. <laughs> <laughs> but such was the, such was the, uh, the terror I had. I, I literally ran. All these stupid things going through my head. Oh, God, they're going to follow me. They're going to try and drag me back to the party. Of course, nobody's going to. But when you get in that sort of state, mm-hmm. all these fears really, really build up. And so at that point, as I sat there, I was thinking – thinking to myself, look, you cannot go through life with this fear. If you carry on like this without doing something about it, what's your life going to be like in five, ten years' time? Mm -hmm. And I was looking at it, I was thinking, well, it's going to suck even more than it does now. (laughs) And that was the point I decided, you have to do
0: something. You have to do something now. Mm -hmm. If you're not going to do it now, you're never going to do it. Uh, So what what did you do to change it? What was the first catalyst uh, for you to change uh, um, this fear that you had? For me, the catalyst was,
1: by chance, coincidence, whatever you want to call it, uh, somebody happened to be in town a short while later doing one of these uh, weekend introduction breakthrough weekend things. Mm. Uh, And the main thing that they were selling on the back of it was NLP and hypnosis training. Now, hypnosis had been something, again, I was interested in as as a young child, but I kind of put that all to one side when I was doing it so i went went to that that uh, that weekend seminar really enjoyed the stuff saw enough to think you know this this is working this stuff actually works so, signed up for for all the trainings that they had mm-hmm. fully immersed myself don't do things by heart fully immersed <laughs> myself. um became a master practitioner of nlp and hypnosis thinking i was just going to use this to sort myself mm-hmm. out because as you go through the course as you Do the work on each other. So I think, great, get lots of therapy, plus I can learn this stuff. It's always good fun learning. And that's what I used to start me on the journey of completely conquering all those fears and Mm -hmm. ended up helping other people do the same as a result.
0: And uh, you've been speaking on stages, uh, you've been uh, uh, on large stages, you've been speaking all over the world, and now also you are, uh, you also took stage hypnosis as well, doing stage hypnosis show. Uh, So, (laughs) talking about transformation and overcoming fears, you're (laughs) definitely the the living and breathing example of, of your message. So... Now uh, let's uh, go. There is actually I've got another question. I've got another question for you, um, and it's something uh, it's a good personal question. Um, is there something uh, um, that uh, influenced that happened to you, or something that you have read, or a personal philosophy that influenced the way you live your life and or you run your business? because uh, i found that we all have uh, um different things that we are doing in life or different passions that we have in life and they also influence the way we run our life i often give the example of basketball um mm-hmm. is a team sport and uh, <coughs> influenced massively and i've always loved team sports and that influenced massively the way i run business which is all about building a team and 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 also gtex which is about doing things together and growing together and uh, and I didn't realize until recently that that was actually where it came from and one of the things that influenced me. Yeah. Do you have something similar uh, in, uh, in, in your life that influenced you to live or run your business in a certain way?
1: You know, that's a really good question that I've never come across before. That's that is an interesting one. So it means I've got no prepared answer. So all I can do is go with the, the uh, go with intuition, the gut feel, the answer that comes mm-hmm. up, which, as 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 we all know, so often tends to be the the, the, the right one. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think it's a blend of a, a blend of a couple of things. The major one I think is the uh, the career I had in IT. Twenty years in IT. I'd always been into computers, uh, even as a as a as a teen. I um, I got the ZX eighty one once for Christmas, which Will mean nothing to most people but that was way back in 1981 it's a kit computer from Sinclair the first true kit home computer you build up oh, that's, that's great fun so <clears throat> excuse me 20 year career in IT where everything I did was um it was all logical methodical analytical you see a problem you don't just dive in and the first thing that comes to mind an attempt to fix it, you see the problem, you analyze it, you understand it, you make sure you understand what's going on, mm. which may not necessarily be what shows on the surface. There may be something deeper under, underneath that's mm. going on. Figuring, figuring it all out, making sure you get all the information, coming up with a plan to resolve it, working through the plan, always checking as you go through to make sure, is this doing what I thought it would do? If it is, carry on. If not, stop, reassess the situation, adjust your course accordingly. And the more I look at it, the more I think that that's really applies, obviously applied with everything with IT. I think it applies with how I do my business. And it also applies with uh, the approach I have when working with working with clients. Um, mm-hmm. It's not uh, what I don't do is a client comes in, says, I've got this problem. All right, hey, let's do this. Bam, done. Oh, wait, <laughs> that didn't do anything. Because so often when someone comes with a problem, it's not the problem, it's something underneath, mm-hmm. which is the real problem. But this other thing is kind of the symptoms. It's masking what is a more painful, deeper problem. And mm-hmm. unless you analyze the whole situation, look at it from all angles, figure out exactly what's going on, understand what's going on,
0: you haven't got much of a chance of, of addressing yeah. the situation. That's when the inner gigs come out. And say, so. <laughs> so I'm going to analyze the situation, find the root cause. And thank you for the answer. It's fascinating to see how our influence, or past careers, or our hobbies or interests, actually, they are influencing the way we see the world and the way we act and behave and the choices that we make. Because that's what I love about this industry of coaches, speakers, consultants, that everyone approaches... A their different problems or their methodologies uh, I- using a different angle, so which often comes from these uh, past backgrounds or experiences that we have. So, th- thank you for sharing, Keith. So, we have uh, as entrepreneurs, there are, uh, we're going to focus mainly on the fear of public speaking in a moment, but this is not the only fear that, that we have. Uh, and a lot of time, we can have other fears. That are stopping us that we're not even aware of so in your work with entrepreneurs what have you identified to be the main fears and how do they manifest cool so
1: i think we can probably break it down into maybe three or four main fears that mm-hmm. most if not all entrepreneurs experience at some point at some level uh now that the thing with these fears for some it's really really strong and almost stops them in fact for many entrepreneurs it does stop them for others the fear can be there and they find a way to overcome it so they kind of don't realize they had the fear because they they found a way to overcome it but when they take a step back and look the, the fears were there and i think a major one is imposter syndrome which is the fear of am i really good enough mm-hmm. oh what if i get caught out what if i'm not as good as i think what if people Spot that I'm bluffing when you're not bluffing, you know, your stuff you've, you've mm-hmm. got a proven track record But it's just so easy for those self doubts to, to build up and build up. And so we're going oh Who am I to dare to step up? Who am I to say I am? Whatever it is that you do. Mm-hmm. That is a massive fear which holds so many back Yeah stops them from stepping forward because oh if I step forward, I'll be exposed as a fraud when really what happens you step forward you're now better better able to help the people who really need your help. Mm -hmm. So we got that one. We got fears around things like picking up the phone. This is a a major one for a lot of people. Picking up that phone and making those calls, whether it's making cold calls, or whether it's making calls to people you already know, but you need to pick that call up and perhaps discuss a problem they have, Mm -hmm. or even just uh, move them along in the the sales, sales process. So many people have such a problem, a fear around picking up the phone or the fears of rejection or what if it goes wrong? What, what will I say? That they end up not picking up the call, not making the phone, the call from mm-hmm. week to week to week and then wondering why nobody's calling them in the business. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think another big one, which kind of relates to in, in a way to these is fear of rejection. What are other people going to think of me? Mm-hmm. What if they don't like me? Also, what if they don't like you? What about the ones who do like you? They're the ones to focus on. So I think that there's, apart from the one we're going to talk about in a moment around stage fright, I
0: think those are the other three main things which really hold entrepreneurs back. Brilliant. Okay, so now let's focus on stage fright. Um, Where does stage fright comes from? Let's start from there. Good place to start.
1: Uh, So the thing with stage fright... uh, there can be various different
0: factors
1: which, which can affect it. And this, again, goes back to that whole approach of analyze the whole situation rather than dive in. Mm-hmm. But as a general, general um, thing, people don't like feeling vulnerable. Mm-hmm. People don't like feeling that they're being judged. People kind of feel that, well, I'm putting myself out there as the expert in this topic. Mm-hmm. What if somebody else knows a bit more than me? I've got news for you. There is always going to be somebody who knows more than you about a particular thing. And you know more about the vast majority of the audience about mm-hmm. the thing you're talking about. And that's the reason that they're there. But we have this, oh, what if somebody asks me a question I don't know the answer to? Which is a great learning opportunity. What if I what if I stumble on my words? What if I forget what I'm gonna say? What if my trousers fall off in front of everyone? All, we got all these these <laughs> things which kind of really play on our mind and cause us to, 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 to hide from, from from being on the stage. And it, it's all those fears, fears about being found out, which is not true, because the reason you're there is because mm. you know your stuff. Fear, uh, more practical fears. What if I forget what I'm going to say, which can happen to anyone and everyone?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and there are ways to overcome that. Um, what What if people ask me awkward questions? What if they laugh at me? What if they do? What if they don't? What if they like what you have to say? What yeah. if, you, what if you say one thing which changes the whole life of somebody in the audience? Because that has happened. I'm sure. I'm sure all of us can think back to one example where mm-hmm. somebody has stood up on stage and said something, and that sparked things in us, which has taken us a
0: whole new direction. Yeah, it is fascinating. I remember when uh, I had my first few speaking engagements, and uh, luckily, as a person, uh, I'm just kind of a person that doesn't really care too much about uh, what people think Uh, I don't really care too much about what um, uh, about putting myself out there in an uncomfortable situation actually that's where I thrive the most uh, in uh, an uncomfortable situation (laughs) I kind of get bored and lose interest if it's too easy Um, (laughs) that's my kind of personality (laughs) and uh, I found that when I did my first speaking engagement oh I was terrified Uh, i think i was uh, 18 and uh, i or 17 or 18 and i had um, so i uh, that's that's an interesting story (laughs) i was in love with my girlfriend at the time and she was super smart at school and uh, at the time i was uh, like one of the worst in the school (laughs) And she got through the finals in the Youth European Parliament Commission. So we were then creating, they were meeting with all the, 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 the most clever students and the brightest students from all over Europe to deliberate on some, on some laws that could be passed to the European Parliament. So it was a huge deal in our school and only three people from the school were selected. I don't remember how I managed to get in to sneak in there and be part of the team, even if I didn't do any qualification or qualifiers, I just like <laughs> talked myself into there so I could spend time with, with my girlfriend and I was there. And I remember when they they, they asked who who wants we, we created our plan and they asked, mm-hmm. who wants to speak, who wants to talk about it. We look around and I was I everyone was uh, like literally academically successful. I was one of the worst in the school and no one put their hands up. And just because I think I wanted to prove something to myself, I put my hand up and I said, I, I'm going to do it. And I was like, "What the fuck am I doing?" <laughs> and when the moment came, I was so nervous, like uh, the, the, my hands were sweating. Uh, I, I literally, like, my, my hands were sweating so much that the sweat passed through the freaking paper. That was that was hard. I know it's a gross image, and so and I couldn't speak, and uh, my mind went blank. And somehow I finished, and I ran off the stage. And that was my very first experience, and I was like, "Why? Why is this so dreadful? Why is this so dreadful?" Because in normal social situation, I, I could talk to people. I didn't have that problem. So, what do you think? Uh, now, for people that now are approaching public speaking, and maybe they they had their first uh, few um, opportunities to speak, and whether they were confident in social situation or not confident in social situation still this kind of body reaction happened and these feelings happen. so what can we do to (laughs) overcome that (laughs) what are some of the things what are some of the first steps that we can take cool
1: um i think a very important thing to uh, to appreciate and it's not always easy to appreciate this in the moment but it's something we can kind of appreciate beforehand is that as with all skills as with everything we do it gets easier over time so yeah the first few times may well be scary but you know what the first time you walked was the first few steps you took was was scary mm-hmm. uh so scary your your parents had to really encourage you to make make those steps the, the first time we do anything it's very scary because we got fear of the unknown the more we do these things the easier it's going to get so don't let the fact that the first time or the second or the third time you do it is really scary. Don't let that put you off. Yeah. Know that, hey, this this is cool. The fact I'm scared means I'm alive. It means I'm feeling emotions. This is good. Mm-hmm. It, it means I'm, I'm a real human. It also means I care about what I'm doing. Because if you didn't care about it, yeah. if you didn't care about getting uh, the information across to the audience, if you didn't care about engaging with them and making sure they got what they came for, you ain't going to be nervous at all because you, you're not. You're not going to give a give a damn about any of it. So, if anything, the fact that you have these nerves is a good sign. It shows that this is something you're passionate about. It shows you care about doing a good job. Um, many things you can do. one very important thing? What a lot of people do is they just right. It's time to get time for me to speak. Get up, go on, bam, straight into it with with no preparation, no warm up or anything. I mean, if if you're going to run a race. Or if you're going to play a football match, or a basketball match, or or anything, you do some physical warm up first. Yeah, you you don't just jump straight out of bed into your into your basketball clothes and onto the court, and then wonder why you end up pulling your muscles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to spend a little time to to warm up. So if you're going to be doing a, if you're going to be speaking on stage, the most of what you're doing is mental, so you need a bit of mental warm up. And that can be as simple as just finding a quiet space for the f- five minutes beforehand, and just don't focus on what you're going to be doing. Don't go over in your mind what you're going to be talking about because by that point it's it's too late. Either it's there or it's not there. Those going over it in the cramming it in those five minutes, the only thing it can do is make it worse.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I don't know. Oh, ah!
1: Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and um, it does the exact opposite of a, a warm-up. It's like a, a cool down, if anything. So kind of just take some deep breaths, sort of focus, take some slow, deep breaths, focus on just feeling calm and relaxed hmm. because so often when we go on stage, we're really nervous. We've, our heart's already pounding away. The sweat's pouring, as you said. So we go on stage in that state and then the emotion heightens. So if your emotion is heightening from an already heightened, terrified place, there's only one way it's going to go. And that's worse. If you can bring, make it your, bring yourself into a, a calmer place so that when you go on to stage and the adrenaline kicks in and it brings you up, you're not going from terrified to super terrified. You're going from calm to ooh, a bit alert, maybe a little bit on edge, but ooh, you know what? We got this. We can do it. That free song of excitement. So that's, a, a very important thing, and I've seen so many people who who they're excellent at all the other steps. They miss that bit out, and then wonder why the head kind of goes. It's yeah. because you're going in from an already heightened state. State making worse. So it's a calm, relax and deep breaths just before going out Even even if it just means in the corridor, or even in the in the in the bathroom just before going on. Just take a few minutes there not even thinking about what you're going to be doing but just calming
0: and centering mm. yourself so um that's uh, so that's uh, about calming and centering absolutely is really 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 important um i've got a lot of situations where i went in and did exactly what you said at the beginning I, I i was stressed and so i thought oh well this is a new talk I'm, gonna, I'm not going to remember it, so I'm going to review the slides in my first first, the last five minutes, and the more I was reviewing, the more I was realizing I didn't know them. And then I was more, even more stressed, and uh, yeah, I practically sucked in, the, in, in those kind of situations. So absolutely taking that time is really important. Uh, what else we can do? What else can we do to, to become better and to overcome this fear? Uh, another great step is in, in the preparation stage,
1: preparation stage. Now, what a lot of people do is they think, right, I'll write out my whole talk. I will then try and memorize the talk and then deliver my memorized speech, mm. which is an absolutely awful thing to do for practically in practically every way. Delivering a memorized talk isn't delivering a speech. That's acting. That's what actors do. And actors spend years, decades perfecting developing and perfecting the ability to deliver a memorized talk Mm. and even then very often they will not deliver it exactly as they as they prepared it they, uh, that's why that there's, there's usually a prompter or you have other people who are on stage and if you do have that blank which happens they can kind of fill in and and, and help you through it or you can you can improvise and get through mm. it. it doesn't work with Shakespeare I have to say people don't like it when you're improv <laughs>
0: no Shakespeare nah, nah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but that's, it, it, they spend hours and countless tens of, or hundreds of hours rehearsing rehearsing rehearsing, rehearsing to deliver it and you also have to develop the skills to be able to deliver it in such a way that people don't think, oh, there he is, reciting a memorized, uh, memorized talk. Because it's one thing reciting it. It's another thing actually delivering it. Yeah. Don't do that. It comes across really, really badly unless you've had so much practice that you're amazing at it. Also, you run the massive risk of forgetting where you are. And when you memorize it as a linear, you're basically memorizing it as a linear thread of a a talk. If you forget one point, you've got no way to jump back into the next. You've you've lost your cue for the next bit and the next part. And that's where the mind goes blank. It's like, I forgot my line. I don't know what comes next. Mm. Ah! Uh, So don't attempt to memorize the entire talk. You're going to deliver it awful. You'll probably forget. Plus, your timing is going to be out anyway. Yeah. Because no matter how well you time practice timing it, when you get up there and the adrenaline kicks in, you'll end up maybe talking a bit faster. Or you'll get people asking questions, which slows it up and throws your timing out.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Why do people try and write speeches and deliver them like that? Because they want to make sure they remember everything that they're going to talk about. Yeah. But see, here's the thing. When you're, <clears throat> excuse me, When you're up there, the reason you're up there is because you know what you're talking about. You're the expert on yeah. that topic. Could you deliver everything you know about that topic in the time there? No, you couldn't. No, you could It would take your entire lifetime to deliver mm. everything you know. So you're always going to be missing some stuff out. People aren't going to be expecting everything. But that's what they're going to expect is that whatever you deliver makes sense to them, and they can follow it, and they can action it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So rather than script your entire talk, break it down into what are the key points I'm going to talk about. Yep. The key points I'm going to mention – so you might have, say, five key points. I got my intro, I got point one, point two, point three, and I got my summary conclusion. That's five things to remember, which is much, much easier. Now, yeah. d- delving into, into the, the psychology and the brain makeup of it, we, we tend to be able to remember seven plus or minus two things at any one time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So five definitely falls within that. So that's something easy we can remember. We now have a structure. We know we could talk about about those points because we've got so much stuff that we know.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So we we know, right, I'm going to start with my intro. I know kind of what I need to do about that. I know my three points. I can talk about those, and then I can wrap it all up.
0: Yeah.
1: We now have far less to remember. There's far less stress. It means if people – suppose people start asking lots of questions around mm-hmm. point one. you think, wow, this is something they're really interested in. We can focus a bit more on this. And then we can just give a higher level overview of points two and three and say, if you want to know more, get in touch and, and we can discuss
0: it. It gives you that flexibility to expand it, to contract uh, it. Abso- absolutely. Uh, now, I know that uh, I want to wrap up with the, with one point, uh, um, because uh, now there are some people that where the fear of public speaking is, a really, is a less of a technical knowledge. Mm-hmm but now we are talking more about deep rooted emotions yes, and so yes. when we are going into that realm and that's where you are uh, super expert in uh, is the normal like warm up technique and all your points uh, they work up to a point they're important but then if the emotions that they, they are triggered they are so strong you know, both being trained by the same speaker trainer when the emotions when the are high intelligence is low <laughs> 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 and so what are some of the um what are some of the techniques uh, that you found they are more useful to get rid of this deep-rooted can be traumas can be uh, emotions uh, can be things that happened in the past that are affecting it uh, what kind of techniques do you use when you work with, uh, with in those kind of uh, people in this kind of environments sure so there are two two components to this mm. there's the work you can do
1: outside of the of the speaking environment and there's the stuff you can do when you're actually there on stage at at the time um so uh, work that you do outside of it there's lots of work you can do to address the emotions find the underlying causes uh change the emotion that's associated with those with those events uh, lots of different modalities who do that, hypnosis will do that, NLP will do that, that's the ones I specialize in, other people use uh, EFT for example, EMDR, or well, whatever your your preferred modality of of, uh, of dealing with these things. Is there Can something that you problem? found
0: to be more effective than others, or is that techniques that, change from person yeah, to person? Yeah,
1: that is a really good question, and the more I've looked at it, the more I've realized there is no one there's no one-size-fits-all cure. Yeah different things will work for different people partly because the different techniques work in different ways and partly because the different mindsets that Mm. the person has. Okay. And really all of these tools, they're all just um, metaphors anyway. So there is no right. It's it's what resonates most with with you as as a person. Mm. That's what's going to get you, get you the better results. Thank you for clarifying. No, my, 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 my absolute pleasure. My absolute pleasure. Now the, biggest things that, that tend to hold us back or cause us to fear when we're on stage is that people are going to judge me. What if people don't like me? Mm. Those yep. tend to be the biggest ones. The reality is around the, the liking bit, the reality is when you go on stage, if you're going to be speaking to more than say 20 people, there is a very high probability there will be one person in the audience who does not like you. And it's nothing personal. How can it be not personal? They don't like me. It's not personal. They've never met, probably never met you before. They've just they don't even know why they've just taken a, a, a dislike to you, and that's absolutely fine because we, we do the same. I can guarantee you you've been in you you've been in groups of people and you see someone and you just you know you just get that instant dislike of that person. You've no idea why. You can't rationalise. It. It's just there's something yeah. you dislike about that person, and that's absolutely fine because see here's the thing: throughout the entire history of humanity, nobody has been universally loved. <gasps> nobody has. Not even you, Simone. Uh, I'm sorry. No!
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, I mean, when you look at the, the major religious figures, even Christ, Buddha, the Prophet Muhammad, they all had their detractors. They all had people who, who disliked them, and that's putting it mildly in some cases. <laughs> exactly. It didn't stop them getting out there, yeah. presenting their message. You see, when 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 there's somebody who dislikes you, you can either spend all your energy focusing all your time on that person, and go, Oh, please like me, please, oh please like me. Which A is gonna make them like you even less because now you're giving them reason to 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 justify them not liking you because you're just a whiny cry baby. That's how you come across. Mm-hmm. And B, you alienate everybody else because you're focusing on that one person and alienating everyone else who's who's yeah. either liked you or is open to you. Acknowledge that not everyone's going to like you and acknowledge that the majority of the room who are there, they're here to, to hear what you uh, have to say. They either like you or they're open. They haven't made their mind up either way. Connect, focus your, your energy uh, on them. Some, sometimes when I'm doing a talk, particularly when I'm doing a talk around these things, I even, I even highlight that point. I'll say, look, hey, statistically speaking, there are three people in this audience who just do not like me. And that's absolutely cool. Sorry, you've got to sit through this. But hey, everyone else enjoys it. I'm sure you can can put up with me for a a, a short kind of acknowledge it, make a joke of it. It's now in the open. There's no there's no no energetic hold there. But just I mean, I know it's, it's easy to say it may be harder to do. But the more you do this, the more you practice it, the easier it becomes. So yeah, there probably will be people who dislike you. But that's the same in all walks of life. The important thing is there are people who like you and they are the important ones. They're the ones you are there to serve. Absolutely. Yeah, thank and you. Just having that in your in your mindset means it's no longer mm-hmm. about you. It's about those other people who are looking to you for help.
0: Yeah, yeah. So to to sum up, guys, make sure that you do keep doing the work outside if you're really struggling with public speaking because uh, public speaking is, uh, I think, uh, the the best uh, uh, skill, the most important skill that you can learn as a business owner, as an expert, because uh, as an expert, you got to talk about your subject matter. That's why you're an expert, because you talk about it. Otherwise, if no one knows that you know, then you're not an expert in it. (laughs) You can be just an expert in your head, but other people will not say that you are one, and that alone becoming an influencer or, or an authority in your field. So make sure that if you are resisting public speaking and you know that it's something you want to do, then really seek some f- for some help. You know that you got to do something off stage, do your work on stage, because uh, the more the good news uh, is that, yes, uh, at the beginning it will suck, it will be dreadful, it might be. But then the more you do it, the better it becomes. And suddenly you will find a way where you step on the stage and what you're feeling is excitement uh, in- instead of fear um, so that you're looking forward to to speaking. So Keith, to wrap up, if someone wants to get a help in fears in general, but in particular in public speaking as well, where can they reach out to you? Uh, You'll find me all over social media. Always look for the name Keith Blakemore
1: Noble or go to uh, to my website, KeithBlakemoreNoble.com. You'll find resources there. You'll find ways to get in touch. Uh, You'll also find information about the different uh, ways in which I help people coaching, including overcoming stage fright.
0: Fantastic. So the sh- the links are going to be in the show notes. Make sure you connect with Keith at com or on his social media, Keith Noble. Keith, it has been an absolute pleasure to have this interview together. It was well overdue. It's been great catching up. Thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you so much, Simone. And ladies and gentlemen, thank you for watching or listening. If you haven't subscribed yet to the show, make sure you subscribe right now uh, so then you don't miss any other incredible episodes. Uh, we have uh, always a great guest talking about how you can become a better person in the expert field if you're an entrepreneur or business owner, or how you, as well, you can grow your business with different strategies. So I'm looking forward to seeing you next time. And remember that together we grow exponentially. Ciao